Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Asia Town Voice. We are an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're on every Sunday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. My name is Yin Tang, and I am here with DJ Alexicon. Hello, everybody. And our special guest today are, is uh, Jim with uh, the Cleveland Aikikai. Hello, hello. And Anita, also with the Cleveland Aikikai. Hello, everybody. So well, when they first walked in here, we explained to them that we kind of have our little nicknames on air. And uh, I, I guess I'm, I've assumed the normal host title. Yeah, I think you need, a, you need to think of something for 2014 I, and beyond. Okay, I will need a jazzier name. And the ghost host is uh, Johnny Wu, the ghost host. He's off wandering somewhere in the he studio. He really is a, yes. a ghost today. <laughs> he will probably pop on later to say a few words, but, but we won't count on it. <laughs> Is he glaring at me? No, maybe. <laughs> no, he's like way deep into his editing tonight. So we were uh, thinking that maybe we should come up with special radio names for Jim and Anita today. I know. Um, yeah, I, I need something like that. I need to jazz up my life a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Do you guys have any ideas? or? I got an idea for Jim. Sensei J. Sensei J. <laughs> Sensei J. That sounds great. Like yeah. That. Okay. I, I'm, I'm running a blank. On he is occasionally <laughs> known as Jimbo Sensei. So really? Yeah. Jimbo Sensei. That's how yeah. I uh, sign a lot of my emails. Oh, do you really? Mm. That's pretty cool. Maybe I should sign mine as the normal host. <laughs> See, that one That one out of context is what, a little bit weird. What does like, that host? imply? The, do you have normal? parties all the time? <laughs> I don't know. So, so should we call you Sensei J or Jimbo Sensei? Jimbo Sensei's fine. Has anyone ever told you you look like Bruce Willis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He's a very handsome man. Yeah. I'm lucky to look like him. You know, him. It, was, <laughs> it was in the back of my mind. I couldn't remember his name. And, you know, you figured Bruce Willis. Everybody well, don't knows. don't worry. Him. You don't have to die hard I... in this studio. <laughs> There's not a lot of glasses. Just... I'm actually, uh, you know, willing to do fight scenes for him. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, I, I have to tell a story. This is a little bit going off topic of DJ Lexicon, and I, but I do have to share with you that uh, over the summer last year, when Captain America was shooting at the um, Cleveland Museum of Art, I have a friend of mine his, whose name is also Chris, as the actor Chris Evans, mm -hmm. um, and he looks a lot like Chris Evans. He's <laughs> a, a dead a ringer lot. for Captain America. Yeah, except, wow. you know, there's some wow. slight featural differences. So, a friend of a friend that I've never met before, uh, it has this great idea of telling everybody that my friend Chris is actually the stunt double for Captain America, and he signed a couple of autographs. <laughs> so you never Why know. Why did you say <laughs> that? Did he get him what? a date? I didn't say <laughs> Yeah, really. Actually, I don't think he did, but <laughs> I don't know. I kind of walked away at that point. I'm like, I don't want to get caught in this. But, but hey, you never know. Maybe you could tell people that you're Bruce Willis' stunt double. Sometime. Yes, when, right. when he's in town, of course. Exactly, <laughs> the stand work, in work a lot I'm better. The guy who gets rained on. When there's a rain scene. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. Great. So the poor stars—they don't catch a cold or slip. Or I, I just realized I made them sound very clumsy. That was not my intention at all. So <laughs> maybe we should move on. Yeah. Um, we so, might get a cease and desist letter. Yes, yes, we might. <laughs> so DJ Alexicon, any um, brainstorms yet for Anita here? Because she, her name begins with an A also, and I'm mm -hmm. A, so I'm kind of biased. How about DJ Anita? 
Anita, Anita Khan. Anita Khan. <laughs> Anita Khan. I like the Khan on the end. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we need to stick with that. Because we All have right. um, we have okay. a, a newly born uh, my sister DJ Ooh. Anita Khan. <laughs> DJ Anita Khan. That's great. He, she so is the DJ, DJ during their presentations. She's the oh, one narrating it from that's from true. ATC. Yeah. So yeah. we have DJ Alexa Khan, which is you, and then we have DJ Anita Khan. The dangerous DJ Anita Khan. There you go. <laughs> this is this is I like that. Sounds like dangerous. presence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, here's a question, Alex. Have you been working out? I've been working out, yes. So you'll be able to keep up with her? I know. <laughs> nope. I didn't know where you were going with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> My martial arts is, is was, different. We'll talk about it. You were implying minutes. that you were dangerous as well. Yes. But yes. but um, it sounds like, you know, you haven't really been working out. <laughs> yes. I'm working out on that. Working on that. <laughs> All right. So would you like to start with the uh, impressions of the week? Sure, sure. Um my impression of the week is very simple and direct. Uh, my impression is it's it's cold this year. <laughs> I mean, it, yes. it sounds simple, but it it really the cold is really hammering the city of Cleveland. I've never remembered a time when we've been we've been going up and down fifty, forty, thirty, fifty, mm-hmm. forty, thirty, fifty, forty, thirty, twelve, and twelve, <laughs> and then it, it jumps to twelve. So. Um, it's it's just weird. The last I can't remember. I've only been in the country for twenty two years, but I've never experienced it. This that the, the weather is swinging, swinging so mm-hmm. so heavily. It's it's pretty insane. I mean, the snow is beautiful, but it is. It's it is. it's dangerous. Somebody hit my mailbox. Oh, oh yeah, I, I saw it. <laughs> it's cracked on the back. I I think that the person you know whoever hit my mailbox, you could see the tire marks in the snow, and it's pretty clear that it was an accident. But the front of the mailbox looks fine, so he or she probably didn't realize they yeah. cracked it. I mean, yesterday I was, I was driving to work. It's like whiteout from Parma to. Oh yeah. It's like whiteout. Yeah, at around eight nine in the morning, and then when I cross that yeah. bridge to two seventy one, mm-hmm. it's like sunny. Yeah. there's no snow. <laughs> this morning too, like within a minute, it was sunny, and oh, then yeah, it was white out. It's like white out too in Parma. But I just I wish I had a before and after picture, and you know, time stamped yeah. it literally like a minute apart. It just was out of nowhere. A sub impression is like people who were born here, who lived here, say, "Oh, I hate this weather," but. I tell them, you were born here. You grew up here. You should be used to it. <laughs> or leave. Or, or leave. <laughs> or, I mean, I'm an immigrant. I mean, I love I love the snow. I just love the snow. I, I, I like the snow sometimes. Most Asians don't like the snow. It just, it's just adapting. I don't like the cold, dry weather. Yeah. But I yeah. think, I'm sorry, was that your impression? Or, are impression. we still going? Okay. That's my impression. All right, um, and on to our guests. So now oh, we. Before we begin, let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, have you ever done martial arts? Have I ever done martial yes. arts? When I was a very young child. Yes. What kind of martial arts? Just basic kung fu. Kung fu. Mm-hmm. Like horse dance, monkey dance. Okay. I don't remember anymore. So the monkey technique. <laughs> it was. It was actually part of my dance training. It was to build strength in certain muscles. So it was it was like dance martial arts. Yeah. I didn't actually have to hit anything. <laughs> and to our listeners, this is a segue. That's why I'm asking uh, oh. Ian here. For me, I did taekwondo from nineteen in my high school years. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I stopped at the brown belt level because you know I became college parties and blah blah. And <laughs> I graduated. From Shame on you! I know. I regret <laughs> it now. I I should have at least got in the black belt. I mean, you feel better, too. Like, yes. I mean, for me, speaking personally, after having, you know, worked in office before, the atrophy of your upper body is horrifying <laughs> because now I, I, I don't even want to lift like a, like 
kitty litter scoop without complaining. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, it's not that bad, but I can't even lift groceries without complaining. It's like, oh, it also man, changes. what happened to all my muscles? It also changes as you grow older, you know. When you were younger, when I was younger, I, I guess younger people feel uh, feel strong, like they can beat up anybody. But when you grow older... I never older, felt that way. Well, for, for guys, it's like okay. that. Okay. But, but as you grow older, it becomes more more serene, and, you know, it's more self-defense than offense. So that's how, that's how I thought. But on to our guests. <laughs> oh, was that your segue? That was it? That's oh, segue. come on! <laughs> You could have been. You could have asked them how if they actually. Okay, because I'll coach you later, later, sir. I will coach you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally teasing you. Um, let, okay, let, let me introduce. Yes, go ahead. Or are you gonna tell me to? No, sir. You may introduce our special guests. And up next, DJ Alexicon will introduce our two guests today. Great. Um, let me tell you about our next guest. They are from the Cleveland Aikikai Dojo. The uh, dojo is an Aikido school located at the second floor of Asia Town Center in downtown Cleveland. Aikido is a Japanese martial art pioneered by Morihei Oshiba. Famous practitioners of the art are Koichi Tohei, a 10th Dan Aikidoka, founder of the Key Society and its style of Aikido, and also wrote several books about the art. Another person who is popular is Christian Tissier, a European Aikido sensei in Hollywood. Uh, sensei who is famous in Europe and uh, I think everybody knows this person Hollywood actor Steven Seagal 7th Dan Black Belt and you can see the art in many of his films like Above the Law although over the past years there's like um, an intrigue if he really is a practitioner but hopefully our guest can uh, can, can offer some clarity in that I'm not going to say anything bad about there Steven you Seagal <laughs> <laughs> Our, the voice that you just heard is Jim Clark, and he is the head instructor of Cleveland Aikikai, and he's a fourth-degree black belt. He began his Aikido study in 1987 and got awarded his Shodan in 1991. Shodan is the word for first-degree black belt. In 1992, he traveled to Japan for a, for two years to continue his training. In 1994, he returned to the United States and trained under Mitsugi Shotome Shihan, and became an instructor at Cleveland Aikikai. In 1996, became head instructor of Oberlin Aikikai, and he received his Nidan, second degree black belt in 1995, his Sandan, third degree black belt in 1999, and his Yondan, fourth degree black belt in 2007. He continues to travel around the country attending seminars and inviting high-ranking instructors to Cleveland. <laughs> our next guest, also, uh, our, our other guest, also from the Cleveland Aikikai Dojo, is Anita Dakanai. Anita is the Aiki Kids instructor, and she is currently a brown belt. She began her studies of Aikido in 2009 with her son. She is a trained actress and has worked many years as a drama instructor. As a brown belt, she, she is excited in sharing her passion for the art of Aikido, as the head of instructor for the Cleveland Aiki Kids classes. So here they are, Jim and Anita. Thank you very much for having thank us. You. We really appreciate the opportunity to you know, chat with you. Oh, definitely. And thank you for putting up with us earlier. I know we kind of get a little bit goofy in the intro. <laughs> but, you know, we try to pick up everybody's moods, and hopefully uh, we didn't offend anybody. No, no, no. Oh, no. We're, we're really not that easy to offend. I know. Yeah. When I asked Jim, you know, if, or if he's ever been told he looked like Bruce Willis, he kind of, like, rolled his eyes a little bit. like, what? <laughs> Well, no, it's it's just that it happens all the time. Aww. Yeah, People and I'm sure, stop him on I'm the sure street. everyone in the audience can see that already. Right, right, totally. Maybe we'll take like a group picture later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Wait, this is radio. Yeah. 
anyway, you'll just have to take our word for it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or, or come or, to the dojo to, to visit. Exactly. Exactly. See him in person. Or, or performing at the Cleveland Asia Festival this, yes. this May. So, Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about the mission behind the Cleveland Aikikai. Well, I think um, in the biggest, largest sense of it, our mission is to make the world a more peaceful, calm, and centered environment mm-hmm. to live in. Um, martial arts are, are meant for self-defense also. Uh, some of the self-defense moves could end up injuring the other person, possibly killing them. Rationale being that it's their fault because they initiated the attack. It was an unprovoked attack. In Aikido, we try to manifest nonviolent conflict resolution so we can end the attack or the violence without harming the other person. So through this physical manifestation of the concept of peace and nonviolence, it's a. It's more than a martial art. It's a self-transformative journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you transform yourself, so you transform anyone that you come into contact with in your daily life, from you know people you deal with daily, like family or friends or coworkers, to the person at the stop across from you at the stoplight who you glance at for one second before you both go away. So, I started as self-defense. I was interested. I wanted to learn to kick bottom. I wanted to to kick ass. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, as I continued to evolve as a person and as a martial artist, I realized that there are large, much larger goals than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also is very good, I think, for children. Anita, if you would, if you have any, anything you'd like to say about how you feel uh, teaching the art of Aikido impacts young people? Oh, I think it is um, a wonderful art. to teach to young people, and what amazes me is that is is how much how much of it they really pick up on, even the philosophy and everything. I try to integrate that into into um, my lessons. When we have classes, we have classes twice a week on Wednesdays at six o'clock and on Saturday mornings at ten o'clock. Um, and we have children. I accept children into the program seven to thirteen. Most of the kids that I currently have are right in the middle of that age range. And um, they're a great group of kids, and many of them really get into it. I I had um, one girl who's in the program recently came to me very excited with her own personal copy of The Art of Peace by Morihei Hueshiba. It's a very, very uh, um, famous book. Um, it's like Mao's little book. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Little, little yes. Sayings. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And the founder of and Aikido. she and she but you know she also got that from watching myself and Roberta Taliferos sensei at the dojo with our little copies of Art of Peace and reading from them. So mm-hmm. she was really excited when she was able to come in and say, well, "Can we read from Art of Peace today?" <laughs> and you know just just even having that concept and I talk to them a lot about um there's a uh, a phrase masakatsu agatsu, which means true victory is victory over the self, and and just quietly and regularly indoctrinating that idea into their minds that um, what they're working on when they come to the dojo is not how to beat somebody else, mm-hmm. but how to better themselves, how to become the person who, in a crisis situation or in a conflict situation, can keep their head, can remain calm and can see the big picture and come up with a solution that's for the highest good of all involved. And, you know, you're never too young to start learning those skills. Oh, I and, absolutely agree. 
and it's like I said, and, and we try to have fun too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> we, we usually end with games and stuff like that. This martial art, this martial art is kind of different in 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 um, stressing stressing that uh, the peaceful aspect of it. Because most martial arts uh, is like offensive minded, like you're, you're it's it's like violent. That's that's how I grew up learning uh, martial arts. So it's kind of different, though. It's kind of different. Well, I mean, I think it's a very positive message. Um, recently, you know, my brother and I, sometimes we just watch YouTube videos. And it surprised me because um, I, I can't remember how we found this video. But it was a young man giving a response to some other people attacking his point of views on um, YouTube. And he handled it in a very mature manner. He didn't actually, you know, sling mud back or, you know, try to, like... Uh, make fun of the other person what he did is saying that you know if this other person would have rephrased this other question i would have no problem you know talking with him and just in the end he's like you know all of you people criticizing me i don't mind i love you guys it, it, it helps me see myself in another light i probably wouldn't have seen myself otherwise and i think that's a very positive way for him to because obviously there's younger children watching his videos and i think that's you know a very good example of like a proper role model setting for for other people and um, something I observe watching uh, the Cleveland Aikikai perform is your your group seems very disciplined, like very. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. Yes. You, you just <laughs> leave them there without instructions; they won't do anything. And when they're given instructions, they do it. Yeah, it's just it's 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 amazing to watch. I mean, of course, I'm usually running past the stage. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> but um, but good job on Thank that. You. Thank you. Um, and s from what I've learned about Aikido through conversation with, you know, my husband took it for a short while when he lived in Cincinnati mm -hmm. um, and some of my college friends was that it isn't about using force, like you said. It's more about using your opponent's force against them so that they you can, you know, render them on the ground so they can't attack you. Is there is there truth behind that? Is that the main point? behind It's Aikido? receptive. Um, there are opportunities to distract your opponent with a, a strike or waving your hand in front of their face. You know, the main thing is uh, it is receptive, and because of that, it doesn't necessarily involve upper body strength and speed. And actually, it involves moving your core muscles, your center of gravity, your hips, and your abdomen, mm -hmm. and your upper thighs. So women, actually, once they discover that that your engine is not your sh chest and shoulders, your engine is your hips and your pelvis and, and your lower body mass, then they suddenly improve. Ah. <laughs> uh, if you think about your upper body strength is limited to what amount of exercise you do. As like you me. said, <laughs> lately you feel like you can't even lift a grocery bag without getting tired. Now imagine, though, taking your entire body mass and dropping it and turning it, how much torque and energy and momentum you can generate when you do that. Mm -hmm. The hard part is teaching men how not to use their upper body. And that is our nature, I think, is, right? It's our yeah, nature. Yeah, and also difficult teaching women that having a lower, wider, wider lower body is actually a benefit mm -hmm. instead of trying to come up to the level to fight taller, mm -hmm. uh, stronger men. I yes. like this martial it took, art. It, it, took me, it took me a long time to figure that out. And once, once you figure it out, it's like a light bulb goes off because you, it, there's a natural tendency as a, a, a woman. And it, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm practicing all the time and joking about these guys are like a foot taller than I am, some of them, you know. And, and, and so the, the natural tendency at first is, is, is to tense up and to, to try and reach to up and move my center of gravity up, but rather the the easy way to do it and the way that works is to let them come to me because then they're halfway down to the <laughs> ground already. <laughs>
So, so it really, it really is a wonderful martial art for women, I think, uh, because you, you, you really don't need to be bigger and stronger to make it work at all. However, the skill level involved in learning Aikido is a, a, a years and years and years long process. It, it, it takes a long time. So in order to, um, you know, you, you kind of have to fall in love with the art, which mm-hmm. I certainly did. Yeah. I noticed this know. in the bios of the other instructors. It takes years to advance from the beginning yes. from, from one belt to another. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like it's more than just retraining your body. It's retraining your mindset as well yeah. on, how to, on how to deal with opponent. I mean, based on what you said, right? <laughs> yeah, and also it's, it's kind yeah. of like you're um, keeping your same body's hardware, but you're installing a new software over... Mm a lifetime uh, of yeah, effort. I can relate to that. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're giving yourself a distance from the panic or fear or aggression mm-hmm. response and uh, remaining just distant, distant enough to have the chance to react in a proper way. So it uh, pervades the rest of your life. Hmm. I mean, I've... I've been training Aikido for 25 years, and there was a time early, actually 26 now, uh, there was a time early in my training where I thought, oh, gosh, I wish, you know, forgive it, God forbid it would happen, but you would say, oh, I wish someone would just attack me so I could see <laughs> if this works. Just to test see, if you really uh, <laughs> and, uh And that passes, though. Thankfully, mm-hmm. it passed for me without incident. So I've never had anyone attack me, and, and for me personally, the more spiritual, philosophical, self-transformational aspects of it are far more important. So I, I kind of lose patience when I get asked questions like, what if a Kung Fu guy fought an Aikido <laughs> That's guy? Who would win? The well, the guy who would question. win is the one who's best. Well, what if they were equally the same? But the answer is, if they were the same, they wouldn't fight. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I like uh, that. I've never heard of that answer. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's... Answering that question after a while, the, my answer now is, who cares? Mm-hmm. That's not why I train. It's important, and, but, you know, I have some of my teachers who always are stressing the martial aspects of everything that we do. You know, we learn not to hurt someone by learning where we could hurt them, mm-hmm. right? How to, how to uh, the sword that takes life also protects life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's that situation where your control allows you to protect the person and also would allow you to hurt them if you felt the need to. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, again, it, it pervades your life from, you know, co- any conflict you could possibly have, whether that's it, not necessarily martial or physical. So if I can put in some layman's terms for people who've seen Spider-Man, it's essentially <laughs> handing them that power and hope. Well, With great power comes great responsibility. Exactly, <laughs> and also teaching, him that res- or teaching the students the responsibility. Now, if we can go back to what DJ Lexicon read about your bio, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like you have been teaching for a very long time. Mm. How did you get started, and what eventually brought you to Cleveland? Well, I was here in Cleveland. I came to Cleveland from Louisville, Kentucky, where I was born to go to college, mm-hmm. Case Western Reserve University. And after I graduated, I was working at a couple of jobs. And... A friend of mine, I was always wanted to sc- study some form of movement. Mm-hmm. I couldn't decide between martial arts or some form of dance. So mm-hmm. I made the, you know, my indecision, the reasons to do nothing. You know, I decided to do nothing instead because I thought <laughs> I was trying to. You were at an impasse. You're yeah. in there. <laughs> when in doubt, choose apathy was my policy at the time. <laughs> and um, 
<laughs> a friend of mine got in a conflict where he he got two black guys uh, in a parking lot of a football game where he was the calmest, a guy I worked with, calmest, most reasonable, friendly person you ever want to meet. And uh, when he told me the story of how he got the black eyes, I said, oh, you couldn't have danced your way out of that, could you? And he said, what the F are you talking about? And I said, never mind, but you just helped me make a very important decision in my life. So I researched martial arts. And the one that I read about that appealed to me the most was the philosophy of Aikido. Mm-hmm. And I found the Aikido Dojo in Cleveland. And at the time, there was a 10-week beginner's course. And they were encouraging people to start wow. at the 10-week beginner's course. They had a beginner's curriculum. But I wanted to start now in the middle of the curriculum. And they said, you know, people who start in the middle usually quit. And I said, I won't quit. I promise <laughs> I won't quit. Can I start now? And now I'm, I'm the head instructor. Wow. <laughs> he didn't quit. Wow. He really didn't quit, like literally, <laughs> ever. Well, the way you become the teacher is you don't quit, you don't die, and you don't move out of town. And then eventually, as long as you continue to train and live, you become the instructor. Wow. So it's not like anything I sought out. I just wanted to have a place to train. And so really, the purpose of it now is to give that to other people. To the thing that I found so valuable to make sure that it, I propagate that every chance I get. So um, I know that you're moving to Taiwan because mm-hmm. I, I saw it on your Facebook, <laughs> of course. Um, who's going to be the head instructor then? Oh, Jeff Hadley Sensei, who's uh, basically runs the, the the dojo itself. Okay. Um, he runs. He manages the entire dojo. Mm-hmm. I'm the head instructor. Okay. He's also a fourth degree black belt, and he will take over as head instructor. Oh, wonderful. And I have no, I have no fear that Cleveland Aikikai will continue to go. Uh, we, we've had. It was there before I started. Mm-hmm. It'll be there when I'm gone, when I'm dead. Now, where was it located before they moved to Asian Town Center? Well, for a long time, we were underneath the Cedar Lee Theater when I first what? started. In the basement? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, beneath the Cedar Lee Theater on Lee Road. Then. They might have been training when we were watching movies. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> Some of the sound effects were real. <laughs> so the then kick we was were. A bit loud. Yeah, while I, was, while I was living in Japan, we moved to uh, Mayfield Road mm-hmm. near uh, Warrensville Center Road in Noble. Mm-hmm. We're there for 15 years. Wow. And just August celebrated our first year at Asian Town Center. Wow. Well, congratulations to you guys. We're very pleased. Um, I'm very, very happy with the uh, arrangement with the community, with the fact that how supportive it is. The other other places that are in the space with us are all fantastic, from Mm -hmm. the restaurant across the hall to the art gallery down the hall to uh, the grocery store on the first floor. Really, really love the move. And um, to our listeners, that is Miga Korean Restaurant yes. and Negative mm-hmm. Space Art Gallery. Yes. <laughs> and it was almost like we were looking for a space for so many years, we couldn't find anything that was good. And I'm glad we didn't because the space finally found us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, it was more than just a f- circumstance that we ended up there. Is there a story? It sounds like there's a story. Oh, well... Well, we looked at many. We looked at a lot of locations. We had a search committee, and, you know, people find and then a another space search and go and committee. Look at a space and you're looking at spaces, and you have to use your imagination. Well, where would we put this? Where would we put that? How, what, are our, what are our needs? And uh, we were very frustrated that we hadn't found any place. We were looking for someplace centrally located, with affordable rent, rent 
that was aesthetically pleasing if possible. I mean, inside of great dojos are like museums. Um, they're beautiful, clean, well-designed space. It's not mm-hmm. something, it's not a gymnasium. Mm-hmm. It's sacred, really. It's a sacred area. Mm-hmm. So you want to make it like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then when we walked into um, Asian Town Center and saw from the second floor, we can see on the west side, the wall of windows, looking mm-hmm. at the Cleveland skyline, right. see the moon, see the snow. Um, it's like the indoors and the outdoors blend. It's very, very uh, conducive to our training. Oh, good. Wow, that's that's a beautiful story, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and the way we found it is our one of our um, students knew someone who was talking to the owners about putting solar panels on the roof. They mm-hmm. weren't interested in the solar panels on the roof, but the guy knew Tomek Vardega, uh-huh. who called us and said, I think I might have found a space. Huh. From the minute, actually the minute when I was walking up the parking lot and I saw the koi pond outside, I knew this was the right space. Yeah. Even if I hadn't even looked at the inside yet. I thought, oh, anyone with a koi pond appreciates <laughs> yeah. what we do. Right. It is yeah. a very beautiful space. It is. And unfortunately, it the corn pond's only on the one side. And I actually right. asked Alex why, why. And he said um, his father had had, had a, two different feng shui masters come, and the one of them told him that you shouldn't have water on both sides. Yeah. So oh, really? That's yes. why it's oh, only on the one side. That's why they changed it. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. We had the uh, owner of ATC uh, as our guests uh, yes. last, last year. Last year, so, Alex okay. Dong, So, But they still have the koi pond inside, but they're mm. cleaning it right now, so there's no oh. fish in there. Right. So Right. But I, that aesthetic... Is, mm-hmm. is perfect for the kind of space we were looking for, you know, mm-hmm. almost yeah. a, a sacred space, uh, some place that you want cl- to have a clean, nice-looking, beautiful area, and also a place where people can feel safe bringing their children mm-hmm. for our kids' classes. Exactly. And for our listeners, the address is 3820 Superior Avenue, and the Cleveland Aikikai is located on the second floor of that building, which is also called Asian Town Center. It, in front of Mega Restaurant, and there is a glass there with some, uh, oh, it's not a tatami mat, but... It's like mat on the floor, and when they are practicing, you wouldn't miss it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and you can come by any time. You should come homework. by, uh, have dinner at Miga, because lots of times we look over and we see people sitting <laughs> facing the windows watching us train <laughs> while they eating. enjoy their yeah. delicious Korean food. That's pretty I'm cool. One of, I'm one of those people. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have been. I might have been one of them, too. So I find myself standing there for, Actually, for a few minutes and mesmerized. It's I great. Haven't. You know, uh, visitors are welcome. And, and Aikido is um, a beautiful art to watch. It is. Because... Um, you kind of did integrate the dance thing a little bit because yeah. there's a little bit of that yeah, element. Exactly. It's not dancing, but it's but but when it's when it's performed well, it's very beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, harmonious circular movements, no real um, uh, you know thrusting or striking, other than the person who's attacking in order to give the other person the, the chance to practice their defense. Mm-hmm. Do you ever practice outside? Because I know you mentioned that there's like a connection with nature. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in our um, summer camps and winter camps that we go to, winter camps. Uh, there's, uh, there's one in, they have, you know, we also, I mean, it's based on Japanese art of the sword, Ueshiba Shihan, Ueshiba Osensei, Murihei Ueshiba was a master of the sword, the staff, and the spear. Hmm. Pardon me. And the... Um, a lot of the movements are based on sword movements. Mm-hmm. So we practice with wooden swords called a bokken. Mm-hmm. And that's great to do outdoors because as you raise the sword over your head, you know, Osensei talked about the floating bridge between heaven and earth. 
Oh. And that's what Aikido is. And O Sensei is great teacher. Yes. Right? Yes. And as you're, as you're, you know, I never feel more like a floating bridge between heaven and earth than when I raise a sword over my head to make a vertical cut. Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, imagine a lightning rod. Yeah. And then feeling that connection between the sky and the ground. Wow. Now, do you do energy work as part of your um, training? Like uh, Qigong or I, it wouldn't be called that in Japanese. What would it be called? Key. 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 Yes. <laughs> we do um, key extension exercises and we base all of our movements on key extension rather than physical strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really go into the uh, expl- exp- explanation of that. Mm-hmm. We say, imagine it's this. Oh, okay. Okay. Imagine there's a fire hydrant below your navel and your arms are fire hoses and this unstoppable power is flowing out of your fingertips. But we don't, we don't do any sort of like key cultivation exercises or key circulation exercises like I know are prevalent in, in many Chinese arts. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, a hands-on application of that mm-hmm. and a, a learning by doing. A lot of my biggest Aikido discoveries have never been by someone explaining something to me. It's only been through practice and then discovering. A lot of times you'll hear a teacher say something to you, and six years later you say, that's what he meant. <laughs> you love those aha moments. It's, well, it's very, it's very experiential. And sometimes I feel, particularly for years I taught at Oberlin College, mm-hmm. when I'm teaching college students, they're so used to using their own brain. I did an experiment where I demonstrated a technique four times, and then I said, okay, do it. I didn't explain it. They start off doing it. Then after a few minutes, they're doing it less, but talking about it a little bit, then talking about it more. And if I wait long enough, they're standing there talking to each other about doing it rather than doing it. And you mentioned Kuichi Tohei uh, Sensei. There's a famous quote from him that someone asked him once, what's the difference? He was instrumental in bringing Aikido to Hawaii and then to the continental United States. Mm -hmm. They asked him, what's the difference between an American Aikido student and a Japanese Aikido student? He says, oh, Japanese Aikido student, I showed them a simple technique. They'll do it over and over and over and over and over again, thousands of times until I tell them to stop. I said, when I teach that to an American student, they do it four times and they say, okay, I know that. What's next? (laughs) 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 So a tendency, I believe, to intellectualize Mm -hmm. sometimes gets in the, or explain, gets in the way of uh, the experiential aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So the long answer to your question is no, we don't do any (laughs) any conscious um, key development or extension exercises, although we explain the power of key. Hmm. Nice. Very interesting. We're an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. And I'm going to hand this over to DJ Alexicon for his corner. And uh, it's me. Before I begin, I'd like to thank all the listeners who contributed to this year's Radiothon uh, 2014. It's the, uh, it was held a few weeks ago. It's the event where John Carroll University raises funds for the operation of this radio station that you're listening to. This is all by donate. It's operated by donation. John Carroll actually pays for the building, but WJCU has to raise funds to keep this radio going for 24 hours. I'd like to start out with uh, shout-outs to our friends and loyal uh, organizations that, that are part of uh, Asia Town Voice. The first one, of course, is OCA Cleveland Chapter. This organization just elected its uh, 
uh, a brand new president, uh, Lisa Wong, or our good friend. And uh, prior to Lisa, it was Johnny Wu, who's been president for 10 years. And the ghost host. Uh, the ghost host. And he's very glad and happy to turn over the reins to some new blood. So OCA does a lot of stuff. And if you'd like to join the organization or find out about more information, their website is ocagc.org. Uh, another organization that uh, we support and very supportive of us as well is PASO, Philippine American Society of Ohio. Uh, this, this is one of the oldest Asian organizations in Cleveland. Uh, it was founded in 1967 by a group of uh, like-minded Filipinos. PASO is in Facebook and their website is philemohio.com. Intang Dance is a group that performs and teaches traditional Chinese dances. And the group is headed by Yin Tang. There you go. <laughs> Classes are available and they're accepting students at all age, range, and levels. Actually, that, that's uh, age six and up. <laughs> age uh, six and up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they have a Facebook they page. And if you'd like to check out their wonderful pictures and beautiful costumes, please do that. And of course, DJ Lexicon is available for all your DJ events. And finally, we'd like to acknowledge Media Design Imaging Company. It's a multimedia company, and this is where we, quotes, tape our <laughs> our show every Thursdays. So um, please don't go to the studio during Thursdays to seek our autograph, because it's a very busy day for all of us. <laughs> but uh, most of our shows are recorded, so please don't call WJC on Sundays, too, unless we tell you that we are live. Uh, on to the events. Uh, the exciting event that's coming in March, from March 19 to March 30 of this year, is the Cleveland International Film Festival. Yay! And we will be harping on this event for the next coming weeks. It starts on March 19 through 30th. Um, in fact, the organizations that we mentioned, they are sponsoring films. Motivation is sponsoring a film called Trap Street. Uh, Paso is sponsoring a film called The Bit Player. And um, OCGA... OCA is sponsoring a film called A Time in Kuchi. All these uh, films are Asian-themed, and uh, it behooves you to check them out. And uh, another event is called A Mother and Son Concerts, and it's called Songs for the Healing. It is the final fundraising event for the victims of the Philippine typhoon Haiyan. It's happening on April 5, 2014 at St. Albert the Great Church in North Royalton. One of the major events for, for the city of Cleveland that we look forward to every year and in which in which Yin and DJ Lexicon is a big part of is the 5th Annual Cleveland Asian Festival. <laughs> so on May 17 and 18 at the corner of East 38th and Payne Avenue is um, the Cleveland Asian Festival. And our national performance act for that year is... The Philharmonic. Uh, so if you don't know that, they are from the show Sing Off at NBC, which I love, love so much. So you should check them out. You should check them out because they're, they're a good group. Um, there are several ways to get involved with the uh, Cleveland Asian Festival. Just in case you guys don't know how, you can be a visitor. You can be a sponsor, a vendor, a volunteer, or a performer. So please visit our website. ClevelandAsianFestival.org slash 2014 or you can visit us in Facebook. 
I do have one more shout out. Um, I want to thank Mr. Davy Jones, who uh, stopped and talked to us at the Asian Town Center Lunar New Year. He actually did a very nice article in one of the uh, local megas or newspapers um, around town, and they did a full spread. They highlighted a lot of the performances, and he talked about the DJs a little bit. So thank you very much. Thank you. Now. We are going to go back and talk to DJ Anita Khan. <laughs> DJ Anita Khan is the newly born DJ, newly Ooh. born sister DJ. I feel like I should say yo. <laughs> yes. Should I, should yes. I say yes. that? Yes, okay. absolutely. Yo. Maybe we could bring you back and DJ, we can help DJ Alexa Khan out. <laughs> DJ, uh, DJ Anita Khan is the DJ uh, whenever Cleveland Aikikai is performing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I like to think of myself as the voice of Cleveland Aikikai. That's right. That's right. She's got a very strong presence on stage, <laughs> and whenever they start performing, I step back a few a few feet from her. Oh. <laughs> Just in case. Just to watch. Right? That actually, watch. that role happened spontaneously. It did at the Cleveland Asian Festival last, last year ah. during our demonstration. And it worked so well, I asked her to please continue to do it. <laughs> she is good. I understand her instructions. And <laughs> Does it have anything to do with your acting experience? Oh, it might have a little to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> do tell. Yeah, please do tell. Well, you know, it's, that's kind of interesting because I, I, I studied acting in, in college and, and then moved to Chicago and lived there and, and worked um, – in many capacities, but I, I did a, a lot of experimental theater. Uh, I worked for a lot of nonprofits, did arts outreach, um, teaching performing arts to children, to adults with developmental disabilities, organizing a lot of community events with various nonprofits. It was, it was uh, wonderful, and I, I had a very active performing life. And then um, I had my son in 2000. And the focus of my life changed, and I didn't want to be running out to rehearsals and meetings all the time. So um, we ended up uh, moving to this area uh, from Chicago in 2001. And uh, again, I, I, I had young children, was very focused on, on raising my family, but I, I, I was uh, misperforming. And then when we started to bring my son to... Uh, to uh, Aikido classes. At, at first, it was something where um, you know, my, my ex would, would bring my, my son all the time to to the classes, and then there was one time when he couldn't or something, and I, I had to go. How and, did you discover the uh, Aikido classes? You know, uh, we we looked around at a number of uh, martial arts perform, pro, uh, programs for children, um, and at the time, the space was on Mayfield Avenue, and uh, Tom Crumroy Sensei was in charge of the children's program. Um, he currently is teaching in Columbus. And it was a very vibrant program, and, and what really hooked us was the philosophy behind Aikido. We were thinking this was something that, uh, that we wanted to instill in our son. This, this philosophy, this approach to, to martial arts and, and, and to self-discipline was something that, that we would really get excited about and could get behind. And it was a wonderful program. So a a after I, I brought him to class a couple of times, I started to say, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll, bring, Ga I'll bring Gabe to Aikido <laughs> class. And I would watch and be completely fascinated. And, and practicing martial arts was something that I had often thought about, hmm. but never really thought I would do. Never really <laughs> thought I would kind of take that step to actually, you know, put on a gi and did get on just, a mat. Did mm -hmm. you just get bored watching and eventually join? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get bored. I got more and more fascinated. And that's why, and, and I think, I think uh, um, 
the instructor at the time eventually just said, you know, <laughs> you're sitting there. <laughs> you might as well Hop just get in. up here. Exactly. <laughs> and so I did it, like, incrementally like that. Like, I, I said, okay. So I started taking classes with the kids. And I was like, okay, okay, I did that. And then I started to take one adult class a week, just just the one-hour uh, um, uh, beginner's class that we were offered at the time. And and from then on, I just I just got hooked, and and eventually my son quit, and and Aww. I just said, I'm not gonna quit. <laughs> so you can go right ahead and quit. I'm not yeah. quitting. So now we see the one waiting for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Aww. So now it there. does happen sometimes, um, but but in any event, it it became a, a really important part of my life, and I and I think actually has has kind of in a, in an interesting way sort of fulfilled. That niche that for me theater used to fill, mm-hmm. um, in that I, I find, uh, for, I mean, for me, the, the practice of, of theater and performance was about self-discovery, self-expression, um, and, and about uh, and about relationship. You know, about the human experience, examining mm-hmm. the human experience, and for me, my that that's that's part of what my Aikido practice is about. I mean, it's it's about a lot of things. But um, it has been a very transformative process for me, extremely. I, I, I find that it's my awareness of what's actually going on mm-hmm. in situations around me, in my immediate environment, is, is just expanded greatly. And um, I feel like I'm, I'm much more aware of what's going on in relationships that I can, I can th- think, mm-hmm. you know, about, about how to handle something. Um, not all the time, <laughs> because it is a lifelong practice, yes. mind yeah. you. Yeah. But 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 it has it has it has changed the way that I operate in in my life. Mm-hmm. It, it has and and enriched m- my experience. Now, would you say that Aikido has offered you kind of like a new community? You know, uh, of people like minded people. Absolutely, um, uh, it it definitely has, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact. You know, it, it was kind of a, a rebirth for me to sort of c- come out of, you know, the the the, the bubble that a, a lot of us women go into when we have young children, mm-hmm. and life is all about them, and our friends are all about the children, and and that's all everything is about mm-hmm. all the time, and and then suddenly it was like, okay, well, oh, oh, now Gabe's not even here. I'm I'm just doing this for me. Yeah, <laughs> this is just about me, and, and I'm going to make grown-up friends. And, yeah. And, you know, we're going to go out to lunch and stuff and talk about grown-up things and drink grown-up drinks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. And, you know, it, it, it really has. My, my Aikido community is, is a basis, foundation of, of sort of the circle of friends that I have right now. And I think what's totally awesome is that for the entire time that both of you have been here, none of you were like, you should do Aikido and nothing else. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. So. Well, I went through, a f- everyone goes through the phase where, when you discover Aikido or anything else that you become passionate about, mm-hmm. you suddenly think all your friends need to discover it and share it with you. <laughs> and you become this zealot. And <laughs> to you, you're a zealot, and to them, you're just annoying. <laughs> and then finally, you know, one of my friends said to me, look, Jim, uh, we all sat around and had a talk and decided that I was the one to tell you. I said, what, what? He said, you got to shut up about Aikido. <laughs> it's, it's great that you do it. It's great that you love it. It's great that you feel it's changed your life. But we're all tired of hearing about it. Aww. So... <laughs> It, it is, it's really, I mean, and interestingly enough, I mean, we've tried all kinds of marketing 
things <laughs> to try to grow the dojo. But really, I find what attracts more people to the dojo is when we just focus on high quality, a high level of training mm-hmm. while we're there doing it. Um, I believe that you attract like-minded people to yourself by doing what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we don't have a website. And also awareness, networking. I mean, mm-hmm. we get a great response from demonstrating at the the Asian Town Center Lunar New Year Festival, at the Asian Festival mm-hmm. at Asia Plaza. Uh, we love the community that we're in. But at the same time, we, if you look at our Facebook page, it's always fascinating to me. We have people who like Cleveland Aikikai Facebook page all over the world. Wow. Some friends of mine in Japan, a former student of ours that moved to Russia and introduced some of his friends in Russia. My wife's from the U.K. When I go to the U.K., I train with Aikido friends there. So I have Aikido friends all over the world. And you talk about Aikido community. I'm sure <laughs> you're talking also not just about the Cleveland Dojo and the people who train there, but more of a larger group that, that identify. That oh, absolutely. With. Absolutely. And and then and then the the benefit to having your Aikido friends is that you can talk about Aikido nonstop and, <laughs> and not annoy other friends. Exactly. Exactly. We have we have zealot meetings. Yeah. And talk about it. It's only it's kind of true actually. But it's also the sort of thing that, I mean, it attract different. My experience after twenty six years is different types of martial arts attract different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some people come into the dojo and. You can you can tell whether they get it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aikido tends to attract either highly technical people, engineers, physicists, Computer doctors, science. right, or <laughs> artists, hmm. creative people. Hmm. Um, and then everything between that, I think, is for other martial arts. <laughs> oh. No, no, that, the rest of you go practice no, no, kung no, but, fu. No. <laughs> I mean, you really you should, and, and it's something. Martial arts is, is it is such a thing that you don't want to just walk into the first dojo that you find and say, yeah. I'm going to start here. You have to go to different dojos, investigate different arts. Mm-hmm. If there's more than one dojo teaching the same art in your town, look at the different instructors. Find the thing, the place where you feel the most welcome and the most comfortable. And I think we pervade yeah. our space with the philosophy of Aikido. So mm-hmm. people who tie in, who appreciate that, or feel it when they walk through the door. Oh, yeah. There's de- there's definitely something different. It doesn't, you know, like you said, it doesn't feel like a gym. When you look at it, it almost looks like a, me- a possible meditation space, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Definitely I'm has that feeling. I, I, I think of it as a, a sacred space. Mm-hmm. It is to me. And it's clean. Like it, I mean, not. I mean, obviously, it's, most dojos are clean, but it's like, there's, it's like feels like the air in there is clean, too, you know? It's, clean it's, it's The word dojo means literally place of the way. Huh. It doesn't mean training hall. It doesn't mean gymnasium. It doesn't mean workout space. Mm-hmm. It means a place where you practice the way. And that's that's um, sounds like a church to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned you have a website. You want to tell the listeners what it is? Uh, ClevelandAikido.com. Mm-hmm. We're also a Cleveland Aikikai on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you can log on to our website, sign up for our email newsletter where we send out announcements uh, regarding seminars mm-hmm. and demonstrations. We always announce... Uh, and, and link to the uh, Asian Town Center and Asia Plaza events. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a fairly large couple, 300 people who are on our email newsletter for seminars that we have mm-hmm. because we have uh, national and internationally ranked instructors wow. come to the Cleveland area, both to teach in the Cleveland Dojo and also at Oberlin College. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the first weekend in May, we will be have the, we were celebrating the 40th anniversary 
of the Oberlin Aikido Club. The Oberlin Aikido Club spawned Oberlin Aikikai. Mm -hmm. Some graduates of Oberlin moved to Cleveland, started the club. So 40 years ago, the reason why we're here is because somebody started an Aikido club at Oberlin. Mm. And at that seminar, we will be having one of the few surviving students of Ueshiba Morihei O-sensei. Mm -hmm. His name is Mitsugi Satome Shihan. Mm -hmm. He... Um, was a personal live-in student of Osensei for 15 years before Osensei's death in 1969. Came to the United States in, I think it was 75, and then uh, now has founded the Aikido Schools of Ueshiba, of which we are affiliated. So to be able to, it's kind of like, if you're a blues guitar nerd, if you think of somebody, <laughs> Robert Jr. Lockwood was one of the few living people who ever took lessons from Robert Johnson, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's a thing about proximity to the source. Mm-hmm. O Sensei created Aikido. Saotome Sensei was O Sensei's student. Huh. You have a chance to see and touch Saotome Sensei, you take advantage <laughs> of it because he's one step removed from the source of this art that's changed your life. Wow. I also read about Saotome Sensei that <coughs> I think before he left Japan, somebody asked him, Why are you leaving Japan? I think his answer was uh, during that time that the United States was an important country. It's one of the only countries where different nationalities live and co mingle together. And he's, I think he said, I'm, I'm not quoting word for word, but to the effect that um, it's a great experiment. It's a place where people can be at peace and be one. And uh, this was in the 1970s, and it's, it's a good place to start Aikido. Yes, yes, that is correct. That's exactly why he did it. Now, can you give us a, a quick idea of um, what days that you have class? Well, we have classes uh, Monday through Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. Typically, the time varies slightly, but typically it's from 6.30 or 7 to 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Um, come and enjoy a wonderful meal at Miga. Just walk across <laughs> just the watch. hall and watch our, our practice. Uh, we also have classes on su uh, Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. Children's classes are Wednesday evenings at 6 and Saturday mornings at 10. Yes. And uh, our phone number is on the Dojo website. We have a Google Voice message. I get an email every time somebody leaves a, on my phone, every time someone leaves a message. So mm -hmm. we try to be very responsive. Occasionally, life gets in the way of that. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, classes yeah. five days a week now, occasionally Sunday, and also with uh, at least quarterly seminars. Nice. On their um, website, there's like a tab called Classes, which I'm looking at right now, and the class schedule is there. Mm -hmm. I yes. think it's color-coded. Orange is by kids. Green yes. is Toshindo, and the red ones are adult classes. Yes, yes. Now, yes. we are running out of time, so before we take off, we have to ask you the standard question for all of our guests. Okay. What is your favorite Asian dish? Oh, you forgot about that. No, I didn't oh. forget. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is really <laughs> tough. You may pick two if you're really hard stuck. <sighs> I'm a pretty big curry fan, I have to say. Yeah. So, you know, like... Indian food? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Or Thai. Or Thai food, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Thai yeah. curry. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy Thai curries a lot, especially green. Green is my favorite. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. I like um, vegetable uh, pad thai with tofu. Oh, yeah. Very specific. And also, I really, really like... Um, it's like he's ordering. <laughs> <laughs> they I don't know have it's not it. as good for me as brown rice, but I like Japanese. White rice, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. steamed with furikake on it, which is... Uh, what is that? It's uh, a Japanese thing. It's like sprinkles on ice cream, only it's usually made from eggs, seaweed. Huh. Um, What's the name again? Furikake. F-U-R-I-K-A-K-E, if you that. spell it in, in Romaji. And then 
I like to take the um, strips of nori mm-hmm. and make rolls with my chopsticks and ah. eat like that. And there's mm-hmm. another Japanese dish called natto, which I really like to have for breakfast. It's actually really stinky fermented soybeans yes. that mm. you mix with a with a raw egg yolk, and then you put it over the rice, and then eat it with the with the hmm. seaweed. It, this Never is a good dish, right? <laughs> Not heard of it that way. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. When I lived in Japan, I didn't like it at first, and a good Japanese friend of mine said, "To learn to like natto, you have to have it very late at night when you are drunk." Oh! <laughs> so I took his advice, and ever since then, I've really liked it. Okay. Have you? Uh, does it help with hangovers? Is that why? Or well, it's actually it's very healthy. It's fermented soybeans, and it's kind of like. Um, the the visual texture of it's like lumpy, kind of like lumpy snot, but it's it's really it's, it's really good for you. To our listeners, I, I I'm pretty sure Jim really this is a good dish. I think. So yeah. how many how many years? It's great. Hmm? How many years have you lived in Japan? I lived there for two years. My wife was uh, living there. She lived there for uh, five years. Okay. She had been there for two when I got there, and then she was there for another year after I left. Because I was going to ask, how, how long did it take you before you try the dish? Yes. <laughs> well, I, it was maybe six months I tried months it because it, was, it smells really bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like some cheeses smell like something you shouldn't eat mm-hmm. or put in your mouth. Natto smells bad, and so <laughs> I guess the way you get over it is you eat it late at night when you're drunk, <laughs> and then you love it. If there's an opportunity, I'll try anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once, well, we'll take you out. They sell first. it at the grocery store. Really? That's where I buy oh, it. Oh, do yeah. they? Oh. Natto, huh? Yeah, Natto. Downstairs Asian Town Center, so we'll ask yes. for it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in this week. Um, thank you, Sensei Jimbo, and thank you, DJ Anita Khan. <laughs> I had to think about it a little bit. Thank you so much for the nickname, too. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep the alias. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll send you an email, and I'll expect it back in the signature. That's right. And people will start asking if you're related to DJ Lexicon. Yeah. Same last name. Uh, Same con clan. (laughs) We can be a team. We really really appreciate, you know, your interest. Uh, We -hmm. appreciate, as I said, the support of the community that we're part of now. And uh, anytime you'd like us to help with anything, please just let me know. Oh, yeah. We'll call you guys or email or stop by and get some food and watch you guys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.